0: My body's ready.
1: Hello and welcome. I'm Steve.
2: And I'm Al. And I'm Brett.
1: And I'm Eric. And this is Fools with Tools, a podcast for the rowdy restorer. Uh, we've got a guest and we're going to ask Eric what he's been up to first. So, Eric, what have you been up to? Um...
0: Basically nothing, so we could probably just end this right now.
2: Cool. All right. Well, I'm going to wrap it up. All right.
0: <laughs> it's great being here. Thank you for inviting me.
3: it's a lot like the mic episode. There you go. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yes. Uh, well, you've been doing. Do you want me sharp. to in- introduce myself, or do you guys want to do? It? I mean, you 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 can do it. You can tell people who you are and what you do.
0: Yeah. Sure. No problem. I am Eric from Hand Tool Rescue. And I mainly restore hand tools in quotations now. Uh, I've kind of decided to label everything that exists as a hand tool. So that's <laughs> Like technically a car would be a hand tool. So yeah. that's fine.
1: As I say, to be fair, I don't think I've ever like since watching your channel, I don't think I've ever seen anything that doesn't have some kind of motor on it. Right? Uh,
0: yeah, there's some like older hand cranked stuff. There's the earlier stuff was more just
2: like a hand plane and yeah, stuff like that. So I will get back to that eventually. Eventually, once you're done making three thousand wrenches, and it's
0: yeah. too many. It's too many wrenches.
3: and in a million.
2: They're the rules.
0: <laughs> so many wrenches, drowning. <laughs> drowning <laughs> wrenches, but it's awesome. It's a lot of fun to make
1: those. Uh cool. Uh you two. One of you two. What have you been up to?
2: Right Ow. Yeah.
3: I've been up to everything. Hey. Hey. I did all the stuff. Um so Kat and Rich came uh to the Hack Shack as part of the Make It Happen road trip. Uh they came on Friday night and they literally just left and it's been fucking awesome. Um uh Rich basically gave me a total crash, crash course in using a router, um, like all the basics, and then how to use loads of different jigs, loads of different tools, bits, and everything. Yeah. And we made a few projects, which is crazy, like how quick you can make stuff with a router. It's nuts. Um, I did some of the detailing on uh, Tira, because it was the one thing I needed a router for. So it was, it was perfect timing. And I test fired the bleep, uh, and it works really well. And, and I also invented the greatest sound of all time. <laughs> yes, <you did. laughs> I think you did. And then uh, with Kat as well, um, she helped me make an apron, which is super cool, because awesome. next week I'm going to uh, Hanover Maker Fair uh, in two weeks in Hanover. And Rob from Rob's Wood Shop was like, oh, Al, um, I've made everyone aprons, but I haven't made you an apron. Sorry. <laughs> To make your own apron <laughs> it's like okay <laughs> i will thanks rob um but it's made me like a really nice like leather pressed uh Shack uh like badge thing to stitch yeah. onto so i'm gonna take that to make a fair stitch it on and that will be that story that's how that story ended Wee. So, can i play the sound yes. yes yes can you hear it okay for the mic uh, if you hold
2: it up close uh, yeah you're up close let's blow out some speakers <laughs>
3: <laughs> One more time.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's the best breakfast <laughs> ever.
1: I know. Uh, yeah, you've got to send me the actual video file, and I'll take the sound off of it, and I'm going to stick that at the end of the show as well. Oh, awesome. <laughs> Just on repeat, like eight times.
3: <laughs> but you have to have Party. me. G- you have to have me giggling at the end. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. It kind
0: of sounds. It kind of sounds like a transformer when they get a boner. <laughs> <laughs> You raised it. Yes.
1: <laughs> At least what I would think the sound would be. <laughs> I think we should license it License it to Michael Bay. <laughs>
3: These are not ideas,
0: Michael. They're special effects.
1: There's no way he doesn't...
3: Already have,
0: have that. Yeah. ...have a sexual relationship with the Transformers.
2: Well, he made the... Well, well, which one of the 17 films was it where he had the old... Junkyard transformer that had the wrecking balls. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, the most just unnecessary.
0: <laughs> oh, well, uh, the studio's like we don't we don't need this, Michael. No, I need it though.
2: <laughs> yeah, I need it for me. He's like, I need my two racially stereotyped robots to fight <laughs> it and make jokes about them the whole time. <laughs> oh, ridiculous.
1: Oh, speaking of giant balls, uh, Brett, what have you been up to?
2: I don't understand how that segues, but, (laughs) um, I've honestly been, uh, just working on the forges and getting stuff set up for the blacksmithing event. I mean, we're down to three and a half weeks, four weeks, something like that. And we don't technically have the space even close to put together, let alone the forges running. Um, So I got the refractory poured in the forges that Sam sent over and Jimmy happened to get a message from a fan and we were trying to sort out getting a coal forge uh, put together because he has one, but it's not finished. And the guy actually drove from four hours away and dropped off a hundred plus year old like wagon Forge. He said it was something that you like. They carried around in their wagons, and if they needed to like shoe a horse on side, whatever. That's what
1: they use. A rivet forge or something, isn't it?
2: Rivet forge. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, it's just been trying to get a lot of that sorted. Sorted. Hence, I didn't put a video out this week because I'm trying to just film the build out because I think there's a lot of little like tips and tricks going on with it. Plus, I think people are genuinely interested to see what happens with. The event and how we're going to set up for it, and all the anvils and all the different tools. So there's something, yeah. there's something to be shown off about. Like here's the tiny single burner forge. Here's the two burner. Here's the gigantic three burners. Here's an old coal forge. Here's the five different anvils we have. So that's been the focus recently, and we've just been running around, you know, ruining everything that we possibly can. Yeah. I mean, and Jimmy's I mean, barn got finished. At least the siding on it. So Like there's. Yeah going on all over the place yeah
1: it it looks like you guys have although you haven't put a um uh, uh, a video out it looks like you guys have been doing so much it looks like a, a really productive um, week you've been having so it's good to see and and the refractory you've been putting in the um, uh, the big forges looks fucking awesome it looks thick as well
2: yeah I mean they told us we needed like an inch and a half, and that stuff ain't cheap. So if you're going to do it, you got to do it full on. And the the silly thing about it is, and not to you know ramble on about it, but I'm having to do a lot more research or learn a lot more about refractory cement and how f- these forges get put together between kale wool. 2,500 degree rated stuff versus 3,000 degree rated stuff versus kilns versus, you know, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. I was a little upset with myself. I was going to maybe buy a laser temperature gun thing so I could see how hot all the forges were getting. Um, I finally found myself on a couple of forums where people are like, don't do that. That's <laughs> really dumb. <laughs> They're like, if you're wanting a heat gauge, get a proper one. Yeah. and put a thermometer in the side of it, whatever. Anyway. Steve, what have you been up to? Uh,
1: what have I been I uh I started making an axe. Hey.
2: Um,
1: yeah, I just decided I needed a day where, because I've been working on this knife board for God knows how long. Um, and it's to the point now where all I've got to do is cut and weld up the legs. So that should be like two, three hours work tops. Um, and uh, and it was midway through the day, and it was like I can, I can start doing that now, and I can get it so that like the knife board is done. But I'm not gonna like it, it's not gonna last the full afternoon. Um, and I just kind of thought, oh, sod it, I'll just do that like one morning next week. And
3: when do they need that for, Steve? When is the like big? Have they got a big show coming up that they need it for? Uh,
1: no, basically they asked me. To, they they dropped it off uh, beginning of the year, and it was just kind of a. <laughs> Oh, whenever you get a chance sort of thing. Okay. Um, and I think they want to use it for the, uh, the Cirque du Morte um, uh, the Halloween circus show. Circus Yes, the Circus of Death uh, Halloween show that they've got going on in uh, either Glasgow or Leeds. I can't remember which one it is now. Um, uh, yeah, Halloween time. But it's one of those, if it's ready for then, great. If not, that doesn't really matter. Um, but they've just gone to South Africa for three weeks, so I've got three weeks before they need it anyway. So it's fine. Cool. Um, but yeah, so I I made a, an axe um, following the the plan for the the lesson axes we do, um, and on Jess's demands, I uh, I saved the uh, the because I did it step by step and uh, like Instagram storied each step.
3: Yeah, it was super nice um, seeing that.
1: Yeah, and. Well, Jess basically demanded that I put it on my um, Instagram highlights, which I haven't actually used until now. Um, but it's on there. So it means that when I finish the axe, uh, hopefully Wednesday, um, I can put the last couple of steps on there as well. So you can see like how to do or how we do the student axes from start to finish, um, which we did. Uh, yeah. And then had a couple days of work. And then yesterday I was just playing in the forge again. Again, I was supposed to be doing some video work and that, but I just didn't want to, I just wanted to play around and burnt myself because I had to make a thing out of round stock and was holding it with flat tongs. And it's a really bad idea. Perfect. Yeah. That was it. So, So, uh, Eric. Yes. Hi. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Hi. Hi. Uh, we talked rough, uh, very, very briefly about your uh, the wrenches you're making, yes. um, and it's something that I've because I I basically like saw you making these wrenches, but never really heard the backstory about why you wanted to to start making. I think I joined like oh, I started following you after you'd already started production on them. Um, I think it, actually no, it was as you were doing the the, the prototyping, um, and yeah, I just wondered if there was like a, a proper. Baxter, about why you decided you want to make them?
0: Sure. I can tell you the whole history.
2: settle <clears throat> um, in, folks. Yes.
0: <laughs> Gather back around, in, children. Back in Vietnam. Uh, no, so about a year, no, probably a little more than a year ago, uh, I found that style wrench in uh, a lot that I won at an auction. I just started using it in the videos to take apart the antique tools. It did work really well for the, the square nuts and bolts. Yeah. Uh, So it was actually useful. It wasn't just for fun. And the amount of comments about that wrench was just insane. No one cared about the video. The top comment (laughs) was, you know, tell me more about this wrench. I must know all the details about this wrench, what it's called, where to get one. Uh, And in Britain, they're everywhere. Yeah. Uh, that's fairly. I assume, although I haven't been to a like garage sale or flea market in Britain. Um, yeah, I mean they no, would be. They'd be everywhere, and they'd be pretty cheap. Yeah, but over here, at least in Canada, it's hard to. It's hard to find them. It's not as common, so I just thought let's try and get these made for a reasonable price, and that was that was really the the hardest part of the whole thing. Yeah. Trying to get all the uh, material and labor done for like a reasonable. I wanted it pretty inexpensive, but uh, I didn't want it to be, you know, like a three hundred dollar wrench, mm-hmm. which was kind of the first the first round of quotes I got back were around three hundred bucks to
1: make the wrench. Well, Jesus.
0: which is which is too many dollars. <laughs> too
1: many dollars. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a lot too many dollars for a wrench.
0: Yes, so. Uh, after I kind of gauged interest with, um, a giveaway where I asked, you know, if you are interested in, in one of these, you know, just leave a comment below. And then after there was, you know, thousands of comments, I felt confident enough to make an order with the laser cutter for, you know, like 2000. And that really helps keep the price down the scale. Or the economy of scale uh, helps big, big time with that.
1: Yeah, definitely big time. That's awesome.
0: Yes, if you tried to make one on your own, it would it would be many thousands of dollars <laughs> <laughs> just just the cutter to round the edges, so it's a uh, like an inside radius cutter. Yeah, was like just over two thousand dollars. Jesus just for the cutter that's nuts yeah like the inserts are i think like $120 it's just aggressive but yeah. spread over many wrenches you can distribute the cost
1: yeah that's the thing is if if each tool only adds like a dollar or something onto the cost of the wrench it's not too bad but um but yeah, yeah no, exactly it's funny because as as you're saying um if you're trying if you tried to make one then it would cost you many thousands of dollars in my head i'm thinking I could totally forge one of them. I was like, yeah. And then started, as you were talking, started thinking about the actual build of it and, and how it's done. It was like, no, no, I can't no. do that. That's a terrible idea. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I still don't know how they
0: made um, the original patent, which, which is the Billings, Charles Billing patent from 1879. I still, yeah. I don't know how they, they did it. It must, it has to be with a shaper. Yeah. It's just, uh, it hurts my mind how they got this. <laughs> th- there's the slot inside the wrench and it doesn't have an open face on either end.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> and
1: just and
0: on top of that, it's rounded at the bottom of that slot. Yeah. So you'd think it's a round cutter, but you can't put a round cut It's just, uh, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's impressive. But uh, yeah, they are fun to see
2: it made. That's for sure. I still yeah. haven't gotten bored of it. Awesome, I still can't huh? believe you're taking the time to like case harden everything and just yeah
0: you gotta you gotta oh. do what it was before yeah uh, I do want to um I would love to make some that are not just direct copies but more of how can I make this you know as strong as possible yeah yeah uh, and it does it would change. Definitely the material and maybe the design a little bit. Would the shape have to change a little bit to to accommodate that? No, the the shape could probably stay pretty much the same. I just want to make it out of like forty one forty or something like that, right? And, yeah. then, and then put like an acme thread of really tiny acme thread, which is really hard to do. Yeah, um, on the long part and the adjuster. To give it, I don't know, even more strength, but it's already beyond necessary in terms of the strength. Yeah. Uh, After watching um, that (laughs) AVE video, it's exactly his results were pretty much exactly what my results were in the video that uh, I made on the wrench where we tested the torque, and his came out. I think he said around five hundred psi, and mine. We actually just did torque testing, and it was around 120 foot pounds of torque before it bent. Right. Jesus,
2: and like that's that's more than enough. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it works. It works really well as a mixing spoon. Yes. Yes. Thank you, Rick. Yes. You saw that. No it torque doesn't... needed. <laughs> Oh, it's, it's great for hammering people. <laughs> Dude, it, worked. it worked really well to just have that. I didn't have to pull out any other tools. It oh, I just hammered all the leather with it. It, was, uh, <laughs> yeah, it actually it was worked
0: really well. Genius. I knew it.
2: <laughs> yeah, but now it's got a little bit of patina on it because I dunked it in vinegar and flour. So, you know, <laughs> it looks real nice and old. That's <laughs> totally fine. Let it happen. The perfect scoop for that mixture as well. It really was. How much much flour? This much flour.
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. A wrench worth of flour. A wrench. (laughs) One wrench of flour. Yes. Yeah, so that was pretty much it in terms of uh, my plans for the wrenches and the history behind it. I'm always working with the machinists trying to get uh, kind of a better result uh, even yeah av even noticed that like the one i sent to him the engraving's a little poopy mm. and yeah. just the first the first like 50 we tried doing with a v bit carbide tool and then we switched to a ball nose and the ball nose comes out amazingly well clean. okay uh, so it's just all these little kind of tweaks that just take a, a lot of time to sort out to get yeah. like the ideal but that's and, the same.
3: But like, do you want the fucking ideal thing? Like, it's the same with anything. Like, I, 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 I kind of like the the fact that the, the the engravings like that. Yes, you know, yes. it's that's like, oh, they were the first ones where, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, it's, exactly. A that? lot
0: of a lot of people don't seem to mind at all. Yeah, and these yeah. are already like the tolerance on these are way beyond the original King Dick ones that were just drop forged and like loosely put together. Yeah, uh, so you know you could complain about it i guess but it's it's already like a finer made wrench in that sense yeah Um, so the issues are mostly aesthetic at at this point there's really nothing i wouldn't sell any ones that aren't working and crappy obviously
1: yeah i because it's quite nice seeing the fact that you because you're you're kind of uh sharing the the development process of it so it's quite nice from an outsider point of view kind of seeing you go through and 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 having to change things up and having to go actually i thought i was going to use this and it's this isn't working so i've got to change it up and and seeing what goes into a finished um like not mass-produced but a a large-scale project because most of the things that kind of get built in this community tend to be one-offs and things like that so it's it's quite nice seeing something where you've you're doing a bit more of, of the trial and error rather than just going oh, I tried that and it didn't quite work but yeah I'm only doing it once so it doesn't really matter.
3: Or versus something like Jacko where he's got to kind of like keep it a secret because yeah. he's, you know he's got some mechanism in that he doesn't want anyone to find out And yeah. but still she has a bit of the process but yeah it's a little bit more mysterious. Yeah
0: yeah. I guess we'll see when the patterns come out what the mechanism <laughs> is. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I spend way too much time Dealing with patents for some weird reason. <laughs> but it, it has been lots of fun working all those details out. I was really lucky to find local guys here in in just a workshop in their backyard. They have a Haas super mini mill that is just like a, a CNC mill that's massive. Nothing like a Tormach. Yeah. Uh, like an actual legit <laughs> uh, machining CNC mill that that can pretty much do anything nice. that we wanted to do, uh, and now based on sorting all the issues out and what the laser cutter can provide, I can make about five hundred a month if I had to oh my God. at like maximum production. Nice, but I don't I don't need to at the yeah. moment. So is uh, that
1: when you when you say five hundred a month? Is that um, you doing it like? five days a week nine to five or is that just that's um so that would be so the laser cutter is literally
0: an overnight procedure they just press start and walk away so that's not too much time uh the machining would probably that would be 500 a month just in the machining right and then any extra time spent doing the finishing like the deburring and Little sanding here and there, and case hardening, and then cleaning them up, and then stamping them all, and then putting the adjusters on, and Good packaging more. them up. That's <laughs> that's a whole. That's more time than just a month. We've
2: yeah. we've talked about this a little bit before in in previous episodes where it's like make your own tools or you know the process of making a hammer, Steve, or making an axe or your dumb flap disc upside down. Um, dumb. <laughs> Uh, still out for debate anyway but this is the kind of thing you talk to somebody like eric who who is legitimately making his own tools whether or not they're kind of just collectible cool things they work they are good tools i've legitimately used the wrench a bunch of times since you've been nice enough to give it to me and it's a great tool i love the ergonomics of it and i like the old styling of it but the amount of work that goes into being you know a singular guy even if you're you know outsourcing for a couple of parts of the process if somebody ever wants to go i want to make hammers for a living like what (laughs) the amount of time you're spending to make these things is you know admirable to say the least but I I can't even imagine trying to make 500 of anything I've made at this point. <laughs> it is it is a lot. Luckily, like I'm trying to make a couple of fish hooks here and there on the forge and they're
0: like, <laughs> it's not a huge deal. You, you just have to think of it more that like literally a robot slave makes them for me. Yeah. In in like a CNC machine. But the <laughs> The machinists do like an insane, insane amount of work. Just if you think about the top jaw, which contains obviously the top part and then the thing that goes in the slot and then the threaded rod. Is that one piece? That's one piece. So it has to be yeah. indexed on the lathe where yeah. they cut the threads. It's nuts. Perfectly because we had issues with the first 50, which was like we did a batch of 50 just to kind of test what's going on. And even though it was off by like, Half a millimeter, the adjusters just wouldn't nicely spin through the rod. Like it's mm-hmm. just yeah. the the insane amount of accuracy is is literally more than probably necessary. Considering they used to just drop forge the threads, yeah, <laughs> and they put like the loosest nut possible on it and just call it a day. So, yes, you have to be very kind of committed to. Spending a lot of time on that, and it is getting better, though. Like, I just bought a deburring machine, so instead of me literally doing them all by hand, which is what I've been doing, I just throw 50 in the deburring machine, and then you guys don't have to cut your hands.
3: Nice.
0: Yay. Is that just like a tumbler? Essentially, like, yes. Like rocks or whatever. yeah. Yes, exactly. Cool. Nice. Guess I don't have time anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I oh, love it. Good Lord, it's
2: aggressive, <laughs> very aggressive. You can it's come and s- check s- it out
0: if you want. See the production.
2: Oh uh, yeah, yeah. I'll make a I'll make a trip to Saskatoon, ses- ses-ca-to- however you call, call it.
0: Saskatoon,
2: Szechuan. Yes, Szechuan. Not my lack of facial hair feels like I'm going to walk into a an aggressive aggressive situation where everyone's going to question my life.
0: <laughs> no it's fine it's fine you have tattoos it's like 80% of the people here they hey, just like...
3: ink beards <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah
2: uh, alright so free. I, I wanted to ask you about a topic I'm going to shift a little bit um to no I'm good thanks <laughs> okay um <laughs> I wanted to Let's shift just talk about wrenches for like and an talk hour talk about wrenches yeah. for an hour um I'm really interested to to hear, because of the wrenches, this is a little bit of a segue, but I honestly, the minute I got your wrench, I put it in the video and I used it 15 different ways. Half of it was for goofies and then the other half of it was legitimate, like this is a good use for this wrench, for this tool. Um, It seemed like back in the olden times, you got a lot more single task Machines that did very very specific things, like the chain mortiser. Chain mortiser. (laughs) (laughs) It's like this does one thing. That's what it's meant to do. It doesn't really seem like it has a lot of other uses. I'm sure you could throw wood through it if you really needed to cut something and you were in a pinch. But nowadays, new tools seems like the biggest thing about them is like it needs 400 features, right? So from somebody who restores a lot of old tools or somebody who has an appreciation for them. Um what kind of what kind of stuff have you realized or, or what kind of thoughts have you had about old unitaskers versus multitaskers nowadays and like preferences therein?
0: Okay. Fair enough. I must avoid channeling the Inter Alton Brown unitasker <laughs>
2: hatred. Hey <laughs> but uh I that was why I bring it up. Unitaskers, that's my... I'm I'm an Alton Brown fan. I hate unitaskers. I'm actually Alton Brown. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) That makes sense.
0: Yeah, so I guess it's just whatever you need for whatever you're doing. Um, One of the more recent videos was actually uh, an antique (laughs) multi-tool. and uh, It's basically like a a bit and brace Drill, but the end of it is a wrench. <laughs> nice. So it's very weird. And in the wrench mouth, they kind of carved uh, two V grooves so you could put in an auger bit and now it's a drill again. Uh, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
3: But is that um, just like one dude going, you know what would be really handy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah it, and
0: they added. What else did they put in there? They, they also made it a vice and there's a glass cutter and, and <laughs> oil and, lamp and a screwdriver. Uh, and the patent on this is like 1901. Uh, it was
3: Jim Leatherman.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I guess there's always been, uh, I guess somewhat of a market. Like they are expensive now only because probably nobody bought them. Uh, but at the end of the day, those older ones—they're still made out of, you know, like solid steel and brass materials. That e- even if they look like they wouldn't do the job well, it's pretty much the same, at least in that specific tool. Um, but in terms of unittacers today or multi-tools today, <laughs> yeah, in in most cases, when you're racing the kind of the to the bottom dollar. Yeah. Uh, you're not really going to get a tool that does anything very well.
2: It's all mediocre. Yeah.
0: yeah it's like the Renaissance man of tools, but shitty. <laughs> the, and, the,
3: the whole, like, do do less better. Like, yeah, you know, do a few, few things better. Um, yeah. Like, it's the, 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 I think it's, I think it could have been like a reflection on people as well, Brett. So like there might've been like one person who was the specialist on that one thing and they could, they could justify investing in one tool, you know, the really specific way to like set one, one type of tooth on a saw, you know, with a hand crank machine or something. It was like, this is just for one thing and it's really elaborate and it's really expensive and it's really, you know, but he was the one guy that you could go to and he would be like, you know, renowned exactly. and he would get his paycheck because of that. Whereas now like society does not let that happen. You can't have one guy who's a specialist in one thing. You can't have a job where you only do one thing anymore. Everyone's got to kind of, you know, as much as I kind of despise multitasking in at, at, at one time, you have to be multi-skilled because, yeah. you know, having one specific task is just like, well, you're going to get, you're going to get left behind because production is dirt cheap. You know, Moore's law is taking technology through the roof and also by proxy, everything around it is cheaper. Whereas yeah. back then it, you know, there was one way of manufacturing things and a tool would be super expensive. Like yeah. I look at some of the things you restore Eric and like that, they must've been fucking ridiculously expensive when they came, when they were, you know, when they were first made okay. like turn of the century stuff like, like this must've been either like the richest tradesman in the country <laughs> had this <Yeah>. one tool. <laughs> Cause even now it looks crazy elaborate. Yeah. Um, and the sort of tolerances that you would need for for something like that to work and be um profitable as well you know for it to be serviceable and, and to work and to be able to to repeatedly do the same task over and over again but i think i think that i think there's a reflection on the tool and people and society
1: yeah i mean i think i think like uh, a lot of the the unitasker stuff would have been um in, in- all i, think I can think
3: man. of is unitasker is borat in like a, a monkey <laughs> <laughs> don't know why it's just that word sounds like unitard
1: um <laughs> anyway with that image in my head <laughs> um but yeah like a lot of, a lot of those tools would have been used in in like a, a factory or a production kind of setting where it was like they just needed to do that one thing whereas now you have you have cncs you have um uh robots and and, and things so you know the, those simple tasks where it's just you repeat this one thing over and over and over again. It's not really done by a person anymore. It's done by an entire machine. You know, the machine takes it in and and does it, and it's on an assembly line rather than you go and you know, you, you put that mortise in yourself. It's it's all done yeah. um, en masse. Um, see, I mean, because you can still get, uh, like... Unless um, you're
3: deburring wrenches by hand. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, but well, that was gonna say so that. That's the thing is, in, unless you you are a one man shop and you're you're doing everything yourself, in which case, the you still can get those sort of um, uh, unitasker machines. But because they're so expensive, it's like if you're a one man shop, you generally can't afford something that's that expensive. Which is why you have to go down the route of getting the multitaskers or doing what me and Al tend to do, which is using a tool turn stuff upside for, down yeah You use one tool for 16 different things and usually with it the wrong way up but well, i mean
3: if, even this weekend just like getting into the what you can do with the router
1: that video that you sent me <laughs>
3: <laughs> if, if in doubt turn upside down um <laughs> but the the you know richard was telling me that even like up until recently there wasn't bearings on router bits so you had to have very specific bits for everything. And then all of a sudden, one brand was just like, well, if we put a bear in on here, you can just ride it around everything. You don't need bushings. You don't need a guide. You don't need a fence. And all of a sudden, the tool was like five times as productive as it was yeah. just because there's one little adjustment made to it. Um, and that was, like the ult- that was like the poster boy for tools that you can do anything with. Um, yeah. So yeah, so even today, I was kind of learning about multi-tools.
0: <laughs> yeah, I have an old... Uh... I think Rockwell router where the bearing is separate from the bit and it, it's an arm that kind of comes down off the router and you can adjust the height of the bearing oh. so oh. as you need to. So I guess that was before they thought. Hey, yeah, yeah. yeah. Stick yeah. it in the bit. Yeah. Oh, but that's, yeah. that also sounds cool. And also yeah. a bit more yes. like 50s like spaceship kind of. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it does. It's all, it's all aluminum and shiny. Yeah. Oh, nice. See,
1: that's what I really like about old um old tools like that though is the fact that they yeah you they come up with such weird ways around problems that like it was that whole thing of oh, we we'll try a few different things and the the best one obviously sticks and that's what ev- everyone ends up going with but like finding the the bizarre ways around those issues so much fun and so interesting
0: yeah that's a huge part of why i love storing old stuff and spending time looking at patents. there's just I kind of, I don't know, I respect the ingenuity more than just anything else that ends up happening. The production now, to me, is getting more interesting because I'm more involved with that myself. Like, how did they make this or why did they choose to do this and this? Uh, It's just more fun when you see some solution to a problem that you would never, ever in a million years come up with. Or oh, oh,
3: it's like super, like like Rube Goldberg, like Doctor Zeus, like like you yeah, said, it it's like, a, it just a big make arm sense. coming down.
0: <laughs> Like the most recent, or the most recent chainsaw restore, was the Strunk Chainsaw Company. Uh, it was cool electric, name, Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was electric, but it had a centrifugal clutch on it, which literally makes no sense. Because uh, it doesn't it's need to idle.
3: Yeah, exactly. It doesn't <laughs> idle.
0: It doesn't make any sense. So in trying to research that, I can't even find one other chainsaw specimen. Like That's like specimen. the only one. This <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> specimen. It's the only one that exists on the internet at least for now. And it seems to be that it was just such a low number of production for that type of chainsaw that they just yeah. put they so gas parts. Yeah, yeah exactly. Onto the electric and just called it a day. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> just to save costs. So some some decisions are just costs, and that's why they're weird. <laughs> it's awesome. I,
2: I think that aspect alone is is why I, – I mean, I started watching your channel a while ago, but – I loved getting into the innards, right? Because I think a lot of us when we were younger, definitely just like taking stuff apart and nine times out of 10, I couldn't get it back together because I wasn't paying attention. I still but, do that now. Well, I've seen Eric do it now in person and and I know how he can sort through because there were so many bolts and nuts and washers and things for the old Milwaukee. So I was like, how the hell does this go back together? <laughs> but Eric's got a good way of approaching it and he can look back at his footage and he takes pictures and stuff along the way. But um, the this the inner guts of all these things when you show them off on your channel, where it's like I don't know why you'll put the little text on there. And you're like, I think there's something in here, and then you're like trying <laughs> to force it, and you're like, I this don't won't know, come why. off, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this won't come off, and you like hit it with heat, still won't come off. Well, there's some hidden mechanism in there, and like no one would do that anymore because they want them to be serviceable, or the tools have become so cheap. They don't want okay. it to stay visible, and they will Yeah, it to they do, they made it out of plastic, so when yeah. they burn out, it's like, well, now you got to go spend another forty dollars to get another one. And Most people can justify that, but I love looking at the old tools, like the old nail gun. The old nail gun was stamped metal, a handful of springs, and like some simple mechanisms, and it worked decent. Yeah. For, I mean, you're you're still only punching a nail in, you know, a quarter of an inch, and you got to still finish it with the hammer. But as setting nails goes in in a line. Simple mechanism, beautifully, beautifully executed, stamped metal. Very cool. Now you look at it and I think everyone's seen it. Somebody came out with one of the people in the maker community came out with a hammer that preloads oh, yeah, nails yeah, into yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And, and it looks like a generic framing hammer, except for that it accepts nails. And yeah. you like set it and then hit it and then set it and then hit it, which is neat. But I look at it like that's where we've come in, in 60 yeah. years. <laughs> you used to have one tool and then another tool in your other hand, and now we've gotten to where it's all in one tool, but it seems so ridiculously over-engineered. Didn't Thomas Edison invent that on The Simpsons? Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh... Yeah, I did, I did remember seeing that. I remember just now thinking in production level that it was weird. When I watched that video, the guy wanted to make it out of cast titanium which oh would be like infinity dollars. But
2: it's yeah. super cool.
0: And cast titanium would not be as good as an actual forged <laughs> yeah. titanium hammer. No.
3: Maybe it could be Damascus. Yeah, Damn.
0: exactly. <laughs> titanium Damascus. Yes. Tim, I mean, that's, oh, a, that's a thing.
3: Damascus? You can tie Damascus. You
0: can, Damascus. Yeah. I'd love to make more titanium based tools. <laughs> <laughs> But you don't really need it. It's more the heat resistance that titanium provides. Yeah. Like any nickel alloy would probably
1: be fine. Yeah. It's just the cool factor. It's pretty cool. Yeah. And the fact that it, it sparks white. That's <laughs> mm-hmm. a bit less yeah. than titanium. It's it's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh... yeah,
0: it is fun. The laser can't even cut titanium. Oh. really? Yeah. It's like a 5,000 watt laser and it, it can't. Jesus. Lord. You have to switch to the water jet. i
1: and like still, the water jet though. Water jet so much fun. Yeah, is there is there yeah. a reason
3: why you you went for the laser over a water jet for instance for the for the engine? Yes,
0: water jet is about 3 times more expensive. Ah, that's the reason. <laughs> uh, but the cut the cut is very nice. Yeah. It's yeah. just it's also much slower uh
1: and it's just it would be too expensive.
2: Okay. Infinity I... dollars. <laughs> Infinity <laughs> dollars.
1: I've I've That's... got a friend who uh is a, a knife and axe thrower the guy I'm making the board for and uh, he got me to cut out some like simple shaped axes and cleavers for him to to throw and uh and when I went to pick them up remembering they're like 4 5 mil thick steel and they've just been cut there's not no sharpening or bevels or anything done on them and the day I picked them up I cut my hands to shit just from like the edges where the water jet had done it so sharp i was like not expecting this
0: yeah it's an amazing tool i really i I, I might have to so i have plans for a smaller 3 inch wrench and a 9 inch and a 12 inch oh and the 12 inch would need to be 3 quarters of an inch thick of solid steel, <laughs> I want one. If you make them, it, it be, i don't even know—like twenty pounds. Uh, <laughs> it's just so there. You go. Know,
3: you've already sold it. Yeah, but <laughs> the,
0: the laser can't cut any larger than three and a quarter, and I don't think it can even they do three and a quarter in a nice way. So we yeah. might have to switch to the water jet for that kind of stuff. <laughs> and anything, anything I, kind bigger... of, I kind
3: of want the little one to be just as thick though. Yeah. <laughs> no, know, it's just, just like a cube. cube.
0: <laughs> that would oh, be fun. That'd be amazing. Yeah. yeah the three, you can you see the little the... three inch one on my Instagram if you really want to see it. Right. Oh, sweet. Uh, but I would like to just make a massive one. The biggest we can do. In the machine shop is almost eight feet, and that oh must God. that has to be like a foot thick. To, just, <laughs> to the math,
2: so I'll,
0: yeah. I'll do it one day. I want to do it. I have yeah. to do it. with so a it, hydraulic it, opener.
2: <laughs> so you get like get a petrol a petrol motor
3: on the thing, so you yeah, to like...
0: yeah, something ridiculous. And I need a crane to just line it up to the bolt because <laughs> it's yeah, two thousand take... pounds.
1: Okay. Uh yeah if you, if, you one, if you make a twelve inch one then I am totally gonna buy it and I'm just gonna use it as a hammer you totally you honestly what else are you gonna do
2: Dude, i use i use the regular one as a hammer <laughs> yeah, it, makes yeah.
0: it would be a good maybe like twisting wrench just due to like yeah. the momentum and yeah. the clamping so the clamping force is about a thousand pounds, so like you could really you could really clamp it down and do some twisting i guess with that but yeah. so heavy like what are you going to do with a 20 pound wrench like it's serious stuff <laughs> like
3: <laughs> like like massive like boat They're not, like huge like oversized things that are on like i just
0: want i just want someone to ask me like hey you throw me that wrench, and then I just want to throw <laughs> a 20 pound wrench at their
2: body and see what happens. My like money python just,
0: <laughs> yeah, just and now they're in the ground permanently.
2: <laughs> I, my immediate thought was I would love to get sent the, the blank for it, maybe without all the extra moving parts because then I would effectively destroy it by doing this. But I would forge it out into a machete
0: <laughs> that would be or, cool. or
2: an axe or something like that, like make something ridiculous out of your blank, yeah. Like now, you have a twenty-pound (laughs) axe.
0: Yeah, just I like ridiculous things. It's it's fun. I should probably do that. You should though. Forge a wrench. Someone needs to do it.
2: I task Steve on that, dude. I'm I'm still
0: there's there's a there's a wrench that was or that is probably the easiest one to forge, and it would be a twisted handle wrench, is what it's called. Yeah, it's basically like a length of round stock uh twisted at the end almost like a braid and then just tapped tapped on one end and then you just forge the jaws and stick them together and you're done.
2: Oh I can see it. Yeah yeah I just yeah.
1: It up it totally could be done I think. Yeah. Absolutely. It I would mean, be neat. We we've done it before where we've um uh basically had a a bit of a flat bar and essentially made a hole and then drifted through with a bit of uh how many sizes does a nut have? Fox octagonal. Sits. Octagonal yeah. So drifted through with a bit of octagonal stock um that was like so the the drift was the same size as the nut and then
2: used that to undo mm. something. Yes. Um,
1: that That's actually old. worked surprisingly
2: well. I guess it's yeah. a hex nut not octagon. Anyway. Yes. Yeah. Although, what, whatever, however many it was.
0: Eight point bits are useful.
2: Yeah. You're useful. Your face <laughs> is useful. Perfect. Aww. Thank you. You
1: guys. I, so. I
2: want to know a, a, just one more time to, to poke into the how the hell did you get into all this stuff? You were talking about it a little bit when you were here. You and Jimmy are very similar in how much you actually know about brands specific ones that are good versus ones that were like cheaper and, and short run stuff. But how much time do you actually spend just in back research? Not, not full on, you know, video production stuff, but how long, how many years have you been doing this where you just, you know that that specific part takes a 1946 (laughs) thing that was patented by such and such guy.
0: Um, so I guess if you want to start when I was born, (laughs) let us start from the beginning yes Um, no so I I was doing tool restorations mainly actual what I would call or what most people would call hand tools just hand planes saws chisels all that kind of woodworking stuff mainly Uh, I was doing that as kind of a side hustle just flipping tools making a little bit of cash and that was just something that I also enjoyed, so I just continued doing it until, uh, I started trying more and more complicated tools. Uh, and then I found that taking pictures doesn't really help me. I need to, (laughs) I need to visually see myself removing this exact bolt or nut so I can put it exactly back. Yeah. So then that's essentially why I started filming myself doing these things. (laughs) Uh, and I started off, you know, with very minimal uh, tools, with you know just five parts or you know, hand planes or whatever. Yeah. And now it's getting aggressive, <laughs> like multi multi part <laughs> videos um,
2: and having to dump like fifty five gallon drums worth of rusted parts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know that
0: was awesome. Now that I have that.
2: And, do and now, it. You,
3: now you have an actual basket to put things in instead of just having. To I, I want to
2: go in. in it and <laughs> jump out of it. On- <laughs> I would love yes.
1: to see
2: that. I was looking more for like an Apocalypse Now. Yeah, like I was just going to say holding. like Apocalypse now.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just come up and then knife a wrench in my mouth.
2: <laughs> Wait, that stuff's non toxic, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I,
0: asked, I asked them and they suggested I don't do that.
2: <laughs> what? Specifically
3: Apocalypse Now? Or just non films?
0: No. I asked the Rust Removal Company and they're like, yeah, it's probably fine, but <laughs> don't. <laughs>
1: so I probably will. Yeah. Um, <laughs> one but, of the things that yeah. I actually really wanted to ask you is you um you obviously like pick up some weird and wonderful tools and bits of machinery in that. When you pick something up and you have no idea what it is, what it does, how it works, how do you go about finding that out? Like what's your your first protocol port- call? Like if you if you if you uh get given something and you have no idea what it is? I'm I'm mostly asking because I got given a tool and I have no idea what it is or how it works. Yes.
0: So there are are a few ways and eventually you should be able to get to the answer. Obviously look for maker's marks. Yeah. That's fairly obvious. (laughs) Then after that, I would look for patent numbers on the tool. Uh, That usually solves the issue. Yeah. Uh, Except when they're like British patents. Yeah. And uh, you've got to divide
3: by eight and then times by five. Yeah, it's just
0: <laughs> they're all in Celsius. <laughs> <laughs> Although I have Celsius here in Canada, I don't even know where <laughs> Um yeah, so the patent would be where I go to next. And then if I still can't figure it out and have done insane amounts of Google searching, um the oddly enough, the only use for Facebook I have anymore is to ask people in tool groups, yeah. I was just yeah. going to say there's a really fun
3: like game in, in a few groups where somebody will just post like a, a really obscure tool and it's kind of like, you know, what is this tool? Yeah, and it, it's nice to kind of not do the Google search, yes. Like, Brett, exactly. I think you, you you nailed you've like worked out what something was. Uh, I yeah, think it's Patty, posted, Patty yeah, posted, yeah, the yeah. Thing. and yeah. I was like, look, I was, I was like, it's like an ice cream scoop or like a tea strainer or
2: something, but it <laughs> yeah. Wasn't. But it absolutely boggled my mind. Like I went way too deep down that rabbit hole, and I was like, "Well, it's a unique pattern, but it really looks like a candle snuffer, but it's not." And now I'm looking at ice cube scoops, and it's not. It looks really similar, but it's not. And Patty posted it in the Fools with Tools room, and like 20 people, you know, everyone was trying to sort it out. But I, for the life of me, couldn't find it, and there were no markings on it. It was made out of bronze or brass or something like that. I can't even remember what I ended up saying that it was. And I think I was still wrong by the end, but I was like, I am convinced it's this thing. Yeah. But I think I was wrong. It's it's funny because it's the same in like in in,
3: in kitchens, because there'd be like some really like obscure tiny little uh tool. And it would be just for one like French yeah. dish where they want to finish just a particular pate. and somebody would have invented like one tool for it and it's like unless you know that exact dish there's absolutely no fucking way you could work out what this is (laughs) or like even look it up because it's just so random and so singular and so like one and outdated and doesn't exist and nobody needs it anymore Um, i
2: love this idea that you you can crowdsource the knowledge tool thing though because there is it seems like there's always somebody out there that goes Oh yeah, my grandpa had one of those. Yeah. <laughs> I remember we used to use it for this thing. And you go, why did your grandpa own this?
3: <laughs> I kind of like the problem solving approach though. So it's not like anybody actually knows what it is. It's like, oh, those bits could could maybe yeah. hold on to stuff or the spikes on the inside, or so you know, it's the it's the collective kind of like logic yeah. of it instead of just somebody, yeah. You know, like in a pub quiz, and it's like you're not allowed your mobile phone because it's just cheating. <laughs> yeah. <Right. laughs> only allowed to solve it through like work try to work out what it is
1: yeah no i like that in fact i like it so much that i'm actually gonna uh when this episode's gone out i'm gonna put photos in a video of this weird apparently leather working tool but i think the guy just <laughs> said that because he wanted to sell it to me thing uh i'm gonna put it in the Forza tools group and see if anyone can figure it out
2: perfect i get first dibs yeah, yeah. But, with, <laughs> Eric, but with rules, it's filled with rules, and you're, rules not with to, rules. you're not allowed to
3: look it up. Yeah, there you go.
2: Yeah, if, Eric, if all what's of
0: the... fails, there's a antique tool group with like almost forty thousand members that uh-huh. someone there is gonna know. Yeah. I, I am. I'm like slightly worried. Thirty years from now, uh, when like there are still people around that have worked and actually used these tools throughout their life. <laughs> yeah, and it's gonna be much harder. Like no one's using it. Russian chain mortar, surf Daily, <laughs> <laughs> although I'll remember at least, and yeah. that's that's what my videos now. I, I just that's the plan. Always was kind of just have a. It's essentially a living patent, like a video patent. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to take every single part apart, not skipping anything other than like fasteners. Yeah, and then if anybody ever comes across this thing again. <laughs> you know where every part is supposed to be and then it's just there forever and just deal with it
1: yeah cuz yeah, i just I deal with it like, that's that's the beauty of putting it on the internet and it it being uh, in the digital realm because you, i genuinely didn't even think about this until you said it but you think about the amount of of things that they've they've dug up from like even just the 1600s and they're like we have no idea what this thing is that they used because all the records of it were on paper, and that's all right away. It's for drilling
3: holes in your head. Nine <laughs> times out of ten. <laughs> yeah, it's, for, probably. It's, like, it's for trepanning. Yeah, or, or balancing. Or aliens
1: made it, made it, and
2: we have no... Aliens.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yes. But that, that's the thing. is, like In a few hundred years' time, when someone digs up a fucking chain mortar, sir, and go, what the hell is this? Rather than someone going, oh, I know someone that used to use it. They're going to go, ah... I think there's a video of that on that old (laughs) thing that
2: nobody uses anymore called YouTube. Yeah, so I only have
0: have four million more videos to make. (laughs) I cover all the tools ever made.
1: (laughs) Ever.
3: Just dig up some, like, one of the accessories for the Nintendo
0: Wii. What
3: the fuck is this?
0: This is a Sony PSP. (laughs) Nobody uses it
2: anymore.
0: Or like a, a Sega thing.
2: Game Gear. And they're like, why are there so many slots in the back of this thing? There's no <laughs> way it took this many batteries. <laughs> this would I never had last a Game Gear. Hour. <laughs> I had a Game Gear. Eight,
0: eight double A's for like eight 25 years. And I it. Yeah. My that. buddy
2: had it. I remember being halfway through the Power Rangers game, which was amazing. And it would always, <laughs> I could only make it to a certain point before the battery <laughs> shut out. So they made a <laughs> game that was unable to be played in the understand? battery life.
0: You understand that your smartphone is about two double A batteries, yeah, on average. <laughs> like, wh- what was Sega doing? I know, right? It's <laughs> also a laugh warmer. <laughs> <laughs> it's just unnecessary, but yes. Yeah, so the the old patents, uh, they're useful, but they're auto translated from um, from Google after they scan the documents. So the words are horrible. Like oh, just, yeah, hor- yeah, there'll yeah. be random words talking about like sauce. <laughs> <It has laughs> nothing to do with like chisel that I'm looking up. It's it's very <laughs> odd. So it's not necessarily the best. And yeah. So
2: it's nice to have like a video that can go with some of the weird stuff. I mean, is 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 oil just tool sauce?
0: Yeah, re- that's really what we're talking about. <laughs> oh, grease
2: grease is grease. Do that's those like, translate?
0: Grease is mainly Nutella. <laughs>
2: Oh my god. Uh, I'm right. so happy, Eric. I want I want one more question before cuz I know we're getting a little far along, Steve, but I have one more question. Is there is there legitimately a tool out there, big, small, otherwise, do you have something in your head that you're like if I can get my hands on one of those, that is something I absolutely want to make work again? Take a Saturn. Take a Saturn. Take a, Saturn. a Dreamcast.
0: <laughs> yes. A screwdriver.
2: No, how, how anticlimactic! <laughs> the first screwdriver,
0: the first yeah. ever made screwdriver. <laughs> uh, no, fasteners are pretty dope. They fascinate <laughs> me. <Hey. laughs> Anyways, yeah. um, no, I, I'm kind of working on it right now, and it may happen. But a metal planer. Ooh, oh my yes. god! Yeah. like not nice. just not the massive ones. I want the extremely rare.
3: Pocket metal planes. Bench top ones.
0: Yeah, basically bench top. They're, (laughs) you know, 18 inches wide and three feet long. uh, And they're all belt driven and fantastically cool mechanism. I just, I want to either, I don't care if I have to restore it or it comes in amazing condition. I just want to make love to it (laughs) (laughs) in my workshop because it's just the coolest. It just flattens pieces of metal
2: yeah that doesn't make any sense <laughs> it's,
0: just, it's just too good it's too good so hopefully that will happen one day um other than that i have such a stockpile of stuff that i need to go through that uh, i i will spend at least another few years to get through that pile but eventually there are I do have a list of tools that I really want to get to. One of them is a diesel chainsaw. Oh my god, yes. <laughs> wow. It's just stupid, because it just smokes like crazy.
3: <laughs> Think of the talk, though. Think of the talk. It's at low revs.
0: So, <laughs> oh it's god. so weird. Some of them even have, like, a. you have to, like, preheat it. Oh, yeah. you have to do it like a proper diesel engine in the winter. Yeah. It's Just a, the, <laughs> Free, like the, the stupidest designs. Uh, Chainsaws really fascinate me because it was kind of a race to figure out, you know, like what is the best the best method yeah. to make a chainsaw. I have one where the handle is attached has a car- The carburetor is attached to the handle. What and you seems dangerous? Turn the and the chain when you need to cut a tree to go from felling to like bucking yeah or like vertical to horizontal because the carburetor is a float bowl carburetor and doesn't work upside down
1: that's fucking (laughs) You have
0: to turn the handle so that it's
1: that's amazing
0: it's it's just how it was before they thought oh hey maybe we could make carburetors without that (laughs) but let's make the chainsaw
1: first yeah exactly yeah. That again this is what I love is like the weird solutions they came up with rather than just going uh oh, let's not do that dumb thing let's just do it properly.
0: Yeah, it's basically workarounds uh to technological advances that haven't happened yet. Yeah. <clears throat> they know what they need and it doesn't exist so we're going to figure it out. Yeah. That's this fucking awesome. And chainsaws I you know if you ever just see an older chainsaw I'm talking like pre 1950s they're just the coolest. Yeah. Yeah. weirdest things the the chain, like the links on the chains are just blades like teeth yeah. on a, on a handsaw. It wasn't until yeah. I think the patents like 1949 or 47 that they developed the, the kind of tooth you see now on a chainsaw chain. So yeah, it just looks so
1: weird. Yeah. And, my and yeah. Just, we my granddad work. Sorry. My, yeah. I was just going to say my granddad had one that was from the forties or something. And it was like a, a four foot bar on it. <laughs> and this thing just it was scary even before they started up but um it's definitely
0: scary that's yeah. probably one of the more scary things i'll get to is either the two man chainsaw this winter or the drag saw
1: oh um, no way yes
0: that i have i bought an old like wa- drag saw that needs restoration yeah uh, does everyone else know what the drag saw is
2: mm-hmm. i do but explain it. explain it for I'll listeners please it. For the viewers, uh,
0: it's essentially a two-man old-style crosscut saw attached to a motor that cuts it, Absolutely. and it's just—it's mainly for bucking up trees after they've fallen. Um, so that's super. It's like a six-foot blade that just flails around <laughs> as it as it goes to cut, and there's no, there isn't like a clutch. It's just like on. <laughs> Because <laughs> you, you, you had
3: it at the end of one of your videos, and it was like, uh, support me on Patreon or whatever, If it, basically, if you want to see me do this. Yes. <laughs> is, that and the that was, actual, is that the actual tool,
0: or is that just an example? That's one? the one. No, that's Off. the exact one. Oh, fuck yes. So it does, it does totally exist. It's it's chilling, <laughs> but it needs it needs to run and to do the cutting. So I'm really excited to get to that one, <laughs> but it's just so dangerous. Because yep. you just flip this lever and then the blade is just on whether it's in the tree or not. <laughs> <laughs> and and it was advertised as, so it has wheels and you kind of carry it like a wheelbarrow. Yeah. But it's 400 pounds. <laughs> so it, it was meant Ow. for a guy to roll this thing in a forest. Yeah. And, and set it up <laughs> by himself, cut some wood and move it out of the forest at the end of the day just oh 400 God. while they wear like James dockers and, and khaki <laughs> pants <laughs> and a nice dress shirt in 1923 but like, a lumberjack was not yeah. poorly dressed in oh, the 20s yeah. <laughs> just, so I, I don't understand whenever yeah. I complain about anything I just think of that or like yeah. any of those things it's just too much. Yeah. Although the ignorance would be fun. You could just, I don't know what people did, just like smoke and drink and do whatever the hell they wanted to do. <laughs> like, oh, this won't kill me or give me cancer. I have no yeah. idea. There, there was no health and safety back then.
3: You, you only lived till you were like 40, so it didn't matter anyway. That's yeah. true. Like, just,
0: just, it's almost a
1: YOLO type situation. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Um, but yeah, that, in fact, that tool itself sounds spiffing. That's all cool. So Brett is going to go first this week. So Brett, you go.
2: Hey, oui. I'm going to go with Blackbeard, Mr. Blackbeard himself, Blackbeard Projects, uh, mostly because he did the really awesome restoration with Eric of the Safety Axe and their two part videos. Pretty silly, and also. Go watch the videos to see how not to use a jigsaw because that, uh, was, that the was the exact thing. correct way to use a jigsaw. I think you'll find... When in, no doubt, with it. when in doubt, turn it upside down. Yeah. It's the way things are. Yeah, we, yeah we, have, we, your, have your friend just hold limited, the other end.
0: Very hand. limited tools at that location. <laughs> oh, it was so silly, though. You guys are ridiculous.
2: But he's doing really well. He's doing a lot of restorations recently. He still has a lot of build projects in a lot of really cool ways that he reuses old material or old tools. Um, he's also just been super freaking nice and supportive yes, for a long yes. time. So he's going to get big. He's going to get too popular for the rest of us. <laughs> B- but I don't think that'll happen. He's awesome. All right, That's it. Uh, wow. uh, I'm
3: going to have to um, spiff Rich and Kat just for what they do. Yeah. They're doing. Um, I think the the way that they're kind of – it. I think if uh, from the outset it could look like a, a holiday, but the amount of fucking work and effort and, like, planning and stuff that is going into this road trip is yeah. unbelievable. Like, it's to the clock, and, you know, you'd think that somebody would turn up at my place and we'd just fuck around and maybe set some stuff on fire, but
2: – Oh, that sounds familiar.
3: <laughs> you know, Rick came in the door, and he was like, right – and it was literally like a lesson, you know, that, that it could have been a thousand pounds for this because it was just un- valuable information, you know, taught me about lots of things, not just about one specific tool. Um, and they're doing it as a couple and it's really nice. And they're bringing people closer together. Uh, and I cannot wait till the, the, the videos come out oh, um, so excited. And, and he's got a shitload of editing to do <laughs> uh, <yes. laughs> and a fucking a load of footage. Um, but it's it's a fantastic project and I think hopefully um, it's going to happen again next year so
1: yeah
3: Richard and Kat doing the Make It Happen road trip uh, and everyone that they're kind of meeting along the way
1: It's spiffing awesome. Good Spiff uh, I am going to go next and mine is um, someone actually from the from the Pools of Tools group um, who I think we've talked about on the show before uh but Matt from Mac Matt Makes Mess.
3: Yeah.
1: Um really super, super nice guy, really, really helpful. Um and he put out a video this week, which we last week when you're listening to this. Uh but yeah, he put out a video about uh building a, a hedgehog house out <laughs> of just some scrap and things that he had lying around. And oh, it was not, just out a, of,
3: not out of hedgehogs.
1: Not out of hedgehogs, no. no. Um, I think that's what the thatch is going to be made out of. Cool. but yeah. Um, one way. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it was just, a, it was a really nice, really cute video. Um, cute's a weird word to describe a video. No, it is.
2: Um,
1: but yeah, it was a, it was a really nice video. I particularly like the fact that they ended it with Brio, which is like <laughs> wooden train tracks, <laughs> which is what I used to play with as a kid. And it was amazing. Brio's awesome. Um, and, uh, yeah, so Matt from Max Math. Matt, 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 is spiffing. Eric, with your wonderful, wonderful hair, who would you like to spiff? Um I have two if that's okay. Maybe stretch to two.
0: Excellent. Um my first would be Jeffrey Crocker, maybe maybe Kroger on YouTube. Um it's another restoration based channel and it's fantastic. I love watching all the videos. So far, he's working on a, an old Land Rover restoration right now. Oh, nice. Ooh. Uh, and he, just finished, <laughs> yeah, he just finished a, a Myford lathe restoration. Oh, man. A wow. metal lathe, and it came out unreal. He really spends like an excellent amount of time oh. on it. And he puts in little jokes and stuff, so it's really fun. I really oh, Steve,
3: it go too. go quick, subscribe. Yeah. That's all yeah. It's all it's really all Land Rover gearboxes.
0: Yeah. Oh. Yes. Tons of Land Rover based jokes. Amazing. Um, also, the good of the land. If you've seen oh. that on YouTube, yeah. Um, his name is Justin. He runs a, essentially, an old, what looks like essentially an, an old tool museum in Lindale, Texas. Uh, and he's the manager curator. Uh, of the museum and there's just they got a huge blacksmithing area there's like nice. a, a barn with an insane amount of chainsaws and all hit and miss engines and old tractors nice. Nice. And he's just been slowly uh, kind of restoring everything in the museum uh, as time goes on that and i'm actually going down there in november he's having uh, like a festival at the museum and and the grounds that it's on uh, and it looks to be huge. Last year, there was like just over five thousand people that came to it, and now he wants to try to get as many YouTubers as possible. So
2: I want to I, go to that.
0: Yeah, uh, I've never been to Texas, and I'd like to go. And I'm Have you I'm going to go. Jimmy about this? Yes, Jimmy is going. Um, Essential oh, Craftsman is going.
2: Oh, great! Good to know that I knew about this. Ahead of time. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know when
0: exactly Jimmy is how long he's staying but it's the november 17th is the date but i'm going i'll be giving like a a talk uh, there and there's a few other youtubers that may or may not be coming it it looks to be like a massive the place to be yeah place to be in november i guess but his channel's great there's a lot of restoration videos on there um, of of just nice quiet restoration videos (laughs) they're really (laughs) relaxing and and awesome so those would be my two channels that for you to check out. I don't know if you've heard them or not. No, but no,
3: I'm, I'm just be checking them because out because they both yeah. fucking awesome. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> I like that. Good, good, good spiffing good spiffs. That was a, that was
3: a. I think that's one of the best spiffs we've had. Oi. Yeah. I'm impressed. I only yeah.
1: spiff the best. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean uh, the the Jeffrey Croker one of I've, I've I'm subbed. In fact. The Fools with Tools channel is subbed to him as well, now as well because oh. I'm logged in as them. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, they both sound really, really cool. So yes, you fun. can...
0: I try <laughs> as much as possible on... I think maybe once you hit like 100,000 subs, you get a community tab on your channel. Yeah. yeah. And I've just been posting kind of other people's restoration videos oh, nice. uh, just to get more restorations out there. I don't know. I just find it yeah. interesting. Yeah.
1: Cool. Uh, right any other business?
2: No? No? Nope. Where can you find everybody? Eric, where can everybody find you?
1: At YouTube at Hand Tool Rescue. Awesome. Uh, Cool. And you can find us in all the usual places. You can find Brett at Skull and Spade 13. You can find me at Moonshine Metalworks and Al at Al's Hack
0: Shack.
3: You'll find me next door trying to get my t-shirts back. Burn. Burn.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, that's only going to make sense if you've seen ours Instagram post. Uh, cool.
2: So I think that's it. You can find us. Go buy um, old all the, stuff and restore it.
1: Uh, you can go to uh, fwtpodcast.com. uh You can join the Facebook group and all of those things. So, yeah, we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.
0: every once in a while. It's basically power hammers and anvils. So yeah. he'll buy like a 25 pound power hammer for, you know, five to 500 bucks to like 2000 bucks. And yeah. he has a waiting list for $7,500 for the 25 um, pound power hammers. And that's yeah. just the, the the small ones. So he makes an insane amount of money and then on the animals, is, it's pretty much the same thing. Like I'll buy him for Three yeah. or four dollars a pound, and sell them for nine, ten dollars. Fucking crazy! Man. Only yeah, because I mean, he, he tries and only pick. He tries to only pick up the most clean, possible so he can most out of it. and It's worth his time. Yeah, right.
2: And a lot of that stuff I've learned. A lot of that stuff is just fronting the cash. Like, yeah, all the guys that just want to sell you a single anvil usually have the rest of a shop attached so if you walk in there and go i'll fucking buy the entire thing and you get it for dirt cheap then you can part it all out that's
0: that's the way to go so it's it's having that like if you just magically had fifty thousand dollars on hand to spend on tools like you could you could double that fairly quickly yeah uh but it's just kind of how the hell do you have that amount of yeah it's around. having the money to make the money but it's that's yes, nuts. but that—that's how I got into doing all this. Like, there's money to be made in in flipping tools. Yeah,
2: yeah, didn't you? Wasn't there like a a weight or or people really wanted the hay trolley? The hay trolley. Yeah the the fucking loft trolley, the hay loft trolley. Oh. Hey, hey. Um.
0: Yes, people did want it at like almost all of, well, probably all of them in the comments of every video, somebody asked me if it's for sale. <laughs> um, but I, I try to explain like, it's not really financially feasible on, on the restoration level that I do. You know, I'll put in like yeah. 40, 50 hours into a $200 saw. Like it's, it's pointless. Mm. But if you just buy, you know, some old whatever, and just lightly quickly clean it up in like an hour, make it look kind of nice, make sure it works and does the job. Then that's where, that's where you can make some money big time. Yeah. Yeah. And especially the, the bigger, the tool, like if you bought a 32 inch wood planer for 500 bucks and just got it working and running and looking nice, like you could sell that for a couple of thousand for sure.
2: Yeah. It's
1: like the, the, um, the vices that I picked up uh, at the, uh flea market the other day. I think I paid thirty five quid for three different devices. One of them was uh one that swivelled on two axes. So like the jaws swiveled because um, it had like two separate jaws. Right, like a pipe like, place. Yeah. And then it also span
2: around as well. And um wait it it it's multi axis? Yeah so the actual those uh, are those are almost always worth quite a yeah. decent
1: penny. Well I I put it on Instagram and Andrew instantly oh that's
2: right I mean um, I yeah. got that I got that fucking that big 125 pound vice the guy yeah. was really really nice to me and I, I legit I was like I'm not gonna flip this I'm just a guy that doesn't have a lot of money and he gave it yeah. to me for 150 bucks and Andrew's like that's worth five or six hundred yeah, maybe more depending on condition I was you like know? this yeah. is stupid why <laughs>
0: It's just the old. It's not like they're making new ones, so yeah. I'm sure at some point the the price will go down, uh, you know, in like 30 years or whatever. But no, like, I'll be dead probably, <laughs> <laughs> so I don't have time to waste. Like, yeah. I just bought a I bought a pattern maker's vice. Oof. Oh, nice! Like, I've wanted that vice so much for a yeah. very long time, and it's perfect for restoration because I'm always holding weird ass parts that aren't normally shaped. So yeah, things like that. Like it's just I gotta I gotta buy it. Like I have yeah. to use it. I don't
2: have time to waste anymore, I guess. Yeah. Because I'll be Fuck. dead. Fuck <laughs> yeah. it. We're all gonna die. We all die alone someday.
1: Yay. Yeah. Uh, I'm not happy now. I'm gonna shoot on. Um because I got things I gotta do and I've got yeah. to do Yeah. Thanks for thanks me for me. being on though
2: it was yeah, it was awesome man. No
1: problem. Yeah. Nice. Anytime.
2: I- I said it like two episodes ago, but I was like, I really hope more people just watch Eric. Cause I don't know if our crew was necessarily the type that would cross over into that. And so I was really happy to get you on just to like get a little bit more exposure that the channel styles are different from what a lot of our fools of tools people do, but